0: It's the right time for Western
1: Oklahoma. Now, it is time for the radio edition of Flashpoint, which I'm sure is trademarked, so I'm sorry about that. Uh joining us on the Southwest Aaron Heat hotline, Mike Turpin and Todd Lamb. Good morning, guys. Hey, hey good
2: morning. Well, you got the last one guys on. We're both attorneys. Uh, We don't even know if it's trademarked, And I think between the two of us, we could find one decent attorney to represent you if, in fact, it is. But no worries. Good morning.
1: How many attorneys does it take to talk on the radio? It could be a joke, right? I like it. Oh, my goodness. Well,
2: but it only takes it only takes one, but there's one heck of a bill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they don't even charge by the hour. Now they charge by the minute. So we're going to yeah. try to...
2: It's Mike, if You're only, right? If only. <laughs> my favorite lawyer is Atticus
3: Finch. To kill a mockingbird. And he was fictional.
1: Where's oh. so
3: a real life Atticus Finch when we need him? i tell you, literary on you. Where's her her, her Well, it's
1: one of the greatest books ever. Harper Lee, thank you very much.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Go ahead.
1: All right. Well, uh, nothing really to talk about in the state of Oklahoma, but a couple of things I want to ask you about. So, uh, lawyers, we've got uh, lawsuits coming out. The governor suing Charles McCall and Greg Treat. What do you guys think about that? Mike, we'll start with you.
3: Well, I'm not a Republican. What would I know? I mean, it's all Republicans. <laughs> Republicans. <laughs> I'm serious. Todd's it's, it's heard me to say it too many times. It's the Republicans at the state capitol are like a firing squad in a circle. They're all just shooting each other. Now, what they need to do is bring in a guy named Steve Taylor, a judge from McAllister, because last time they brought him in, he mediated all the disputes during the legislative session. And on our show last Sunday, uh, Greg Treat called him an absolute stud. Judge Steve Taylor from McAllister, Oklahoma, former Supreme Court Chief Justice, and that's the guy they generally bring in to mediate these disputes. I heard they're going to do it again. That's all I know right there.
1: And, and, and Todd, just what do you think? Do you think the court is actually going to finally make a decision? Who has the right to negotiate with the tribes? Because that's really what this is all about, negotiating who has the rights to do this with the tribes for the compacts, right?
2: Uh, oh, yeah, that's the that's the crux of it. That's the issue at hand. Uh, that's the that's the issue that Governor Stitt wants the court to decide. And, you know, it's not just political play for the sake of political play. I mean, it's it is an issue. and You have to remove yourself from the heat of the argument and say, OK, wh- what's the legal analysis? Why? It's not just Kevin Stitt suing Charles McCall. Yeah, those are the people. But it's the governor of Oklahoma suing the speaker of the House in Oklahoma. There's a separation of powers issue and any governor who, and it sounds like I'm defending the uh, governor said, I'm this, I'm just trying to provide some analysis of um, any governor of Oklahoma needs to think about the office after he or she leaves and the integrity of the office and what the, and the future role and precedent that's been set in real time for future office holders. So I remember when I was in the state Senate uh, years ago, I forgot the issue. Uh, that's how important it was. I forgot the issue. But, but we in the state Senate, meaning the pro tem, Glenn Coffee at the time, sued Governor Brad Henry over separation of powers issue. And it was kind of a friendly lawsuit, actually. I mean, they did act like they didn't see each other in the hallways. But you want to establish those separation of powers. Now, let me just say very quickly, I've talked a lot here, uh, getting paid by the minute. Just kidding. Um, I, I, it's, I, I hope Mike's right. Um, in that, I hope that, uh, former Chief Justice of the Oklahoma Supreme Court, Stephen Taylor, is brought in to mediate because for far too long has there been this divisive issue of the governor's office and the tribes. In Oklahoma, the tribes are some of the wealthiest corporations, the most philanthropic organizations. Uh, they pay for roads, scoreboards, uh, healthcare, so, so much more in the state. And it's time that we get a compact renegotiated and a long-term compact with our tribes.
1: Well, Mike, who who do you think uh, should be responsible for doing these negotiations as a lawyer?
3: Well, first of all, I agree with everything Todd just said, which is unusual.
1: We'll be right back back after this. No, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's all true.
1: Uh, Go ahead. We lost you for a second.
3: Governor Stiff's style is my way or the highway. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks. I mean, and it's served him pretty well so far. He got elected and he got reelected. But every once in a while, it comes down to not just getting elected and reelected. Every once in a while, it comes down to governing. And a big part of governing is collaboration, bringing everybody together. He can't do that, he won't do that, he has not done that. And he continues to fight, fight, fight on the compacting issue, uh, by hiring out-of-state lawyers, paying them a fortune of taxpayers' money to come in and fight against the Oklahoma Supreme Court that's ruled eight to one, eight to one twice on these compacting issues on who's in charge, and, and in the meantime, you've seen it this past week, the leadership in the state Senate and the House, all Republicans, have asked the Attorney General, Gettner Drummond, to come in and take over, and is telling the governor to quit paying the outside law firms from outside of Oklahoma. To fight our tribes. Quit doing that, Governor. We're going to turn all this over to Attorney General Gettner Drummond. He's the chief law enforcement officer of the state. He's our lawyer. He's the people's lawyer. He's the state's lawyer. So he's taking over the case. And they've asked him to do it. The House and the Senate both have. So, once again, there you go. you got the governor fighting all of those people, all of those Republican leaders. Darnest thing I've ever seen. um, Civil war within the Republican Party. Bring in Steve Taylor to mediate, please.
1: Well, uh... Mr. Lamb, I mean, Gettner Drummond is no fan of Governor Sted so you can understand why maybe he wants to go outside that office for this. Well, and,
2: and I, I, I did say moments ago that it's not a I don't think it's purely a political play with, uh, you know, Governor Stitt suing Speaker McCall. And I, I laid that out. But politics is at play in all of this. I mean, how is it not? Because these are politicians that run for office and they're in politics. So politics is a play. Uh, that being said, I mean, Gettner Drummond's is going to run for governor in three years. Charles McCall is rumored to be uh, to be. Uh, Saying that he's going to run for governor in in about three years, so these are two candidates, and I'm sure Governor Stitt, if he could, uh, run for a third term, but he's prohibited from by the state constitution. So um, uh, Gettner Drummond, as Mike laid out in his analysis and your question to me, I think he is the wild card in this. Not really because he's wild, but uh, he is he has shown to be very much his own man. Gittner Drummond, you know, he said there's a new sheriff in town. And he has really uh, done things, not, I wouldn't say untradition, uh, untraditionally for the office, but he's just done things other attorneys general have not done uh, in taking some stands in some positions. And th- if you keep this in mind. There have been a lot of former attorney generals or current attorney generals at the time run for governor. You know, uh, my friend Turpin likes to say, Mike Turpin likes to say, you know what AG stands for in Oklahoma? Aspiring governor. <laughs> but no, city, but no, no sitting AG has ever been elected governor in Oklahoma. Sorry, so extraordinary. Mike. Extraordinary. And by the way, and by the way, Mike Turpin should have been. He should have been. It was the right time, a right place. It was Turpin time, and uh, and this tsunami came from kind of nowhere. But he should have been governor. He was sitting AG. So all that all that to say about politics and the and the attorney general. It's going to be very interesting to watch him and his position in this, and how he inserts himself, as Mike said, as the people's attorney in the state of Oklahoma.
1: So, hey, has but, he been
3: out there? Has has Gettner Drummond been to Western Oklahoma?
1: Oh, yeah, he was yeah. here last week. He got lucky because I wasn't on the air, so we got a fluff interview.
3: <laughs> he got a fluff okay. interview.
1: I'm <laughs> just yeah, kidding. No, no, no
3: he's, he's, he's traversing the state. I mean, and I, it looks like, I mean, yeah.
1: yeah. Door
3: to door, door to door, meet and greet, grip and grin, retail politics.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's families. there's nothing unusual about that. <clears throat> okay, seven seventeen. Uh, we do have the flashpoint guys with us on the Southwest Aaron Hotline, Todd Lamb and uh, Mike Turpin. So Todd, to you this time. Let's let's wrap up this uh, tribal compact issue. So, in your opinion, should the right. tribes pay more? Should they not pay anything? Uh, you know, what's your thought on the, on the whole compact thing anyway?
2: Well, I, I alluded to it uh, moments ago, and i repeat part of what I said. I was going to say we would be hard-pressed. No, I don't think we would just be hard-pressed. I think it would be impossible for all of us that are on the program right now, and even those listening, to find another organization, other entities, other corporations that are as philanthropic, as the Native American tribes in Oklahoma, 39 federally recognized tribes in our state. And I'm thinking specifically, I know there's some in the, you know, in in Weatherford's front door and back door, but I'm thinking about the Chickasaw Nation, uh, the Choctaws too, and others. But the Chickasaw Nation, uh, from the Trail of Tears to present day, what they have become, how they have given back to their citizens, uh, uh, how they've given back to their non-citizens, in Oklahoma, the roads they have paved, the scoreboards they have they have popped, the, 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 the museums they have built, the hotels that they have built, uh, and how they give back. So to ask for more money from the tribes with how much money they give, let me give you an example. So at, yesterday at the University of Central Oklahoma, uh, I had a FedEx letter. I, I was out last week at a conference and I had this FedEx letter. I opened it up. It was a check for fifty thousand dollars for governor from, from Governor Bill Anatubby for our arts department at UCO. That was unsolicited. He wrote me a very nice cover letter, said this is where, you know, this is where he was suggesting the money go. Fifty thousand dollars unsolicited. So if he's doing that at UCO, he's doing that all across the state and so many of our other tribes also. So I'm not one to say that the tribes need to give more.
1: What about you, Mr. Turpin?
2: Governor Bill Anitubby... While I was
3: chair of the Higher Ed Board of Regents, he gave us $1.25 million to challenge all 25 public colleges and universities, yes, including UCO, to match the money he's putting up for scholarships at Swazoo, at UCO, at every college and university in the state. Now, he puts the money up for them to match it for scholarships so that they can go to Main Street, Weatherford, to Jeff Barong, and Main Street, Clinton, up and down the street, and say, Will all these businesses help us match the Chickasaw Nation's statewide scholarship challenge? Will all the businesses here in Clinton and Weatherford help us match the Chickasaw Nation's statewide scholarship challenge? Everything Todd said is true, but it's not just in their part of the state, like Ada or even Oklahoma City. It's That's statewide, right. their reach and what they try to do. To help people and to help every college and university in our state with scholarship money. That, that's how generous the Chickasaw Nation is, statewide. So, and, and I'm on the board of the Oklahoma City Bombing Memorial, and we've raised millions of dollars down there <clears throat> on the sacred ground. When the bomb went off 28 years ago in Oklahoma City, and this state, and this country, turned our darkest hour into our finest hour. The first million dollars we raised, the Chickasaw Nation. The last million dollars to take us over the goal line, the Chickasaw Nation. They're always there. And and, and they're there in rural Oklahoma and in urban Oklahoma. And let me say this. That's one of the reasons Kevin Stitt lost in Oklahoma County, Tulsa County, Cleveland County. Yes, he carried rural Oklahoma. But he lost the major counties in the state. Because why? He fought the tribes, and the tribes have helped again and again and again with every cause there is. Millions of dollars in this state to causes that really matter to people one by one by one, people that need a helping hand, people on the downside of privilege, that okay. tribal nations have been there to help them. Let so me. they're always willing to pay more. By the way, to answer your question, they keep paying more every day, and I'm glad they do. Thanks for asking.
0: All right, you're most welcome, and good morning to both of you. Uh, so one more. Uh, good morning. This. Good morning again. I I want some of your thoughts about the sovereignty aspect of it and what does it really mean uh, to the tribals, I mean, or to the nation. I, I happen to be Choctaw and I often question exactly what sovereignty means to the nations here in Oklahoma or what I it should ahead. mean.
3: Well, well, sovereignty, let me ask you, Mr. I was, So you're a member of the Choctaw nation, Chief Gary Batten. Yes, sir. And I've talked a lot about the Chickasaw nation. But the yes. Choctaw Nation is right there.
0: Yes, I, I'm often that
3: all all over the state helping people, not just their people in their own tribe. But yes. let me ask you something: What does it mean for you, if you don't mind telling me, to be a member of the Choctaw Nation?
0: Oh, it's it's a great deal of pride. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. When when we relocated Oklahoma, we brought what, well, and I don't really like the idea of saying civilized, but we certainly brought a certain amount of the sophistication that comes along with. <laughs> that would complement sovereignty. But there's been a question about sovereignty in terms of... Actually, we had it here on this program by our distinguished host, Todd. Todd suggests that if you're really sovereign, then you'll be able to pay your own Social Security bills. You'll be able to... Yeah, why, why can
1: things. you vote in U.S. And, and state elections if you're a sovereign nation? How can you be a citizen of two na- Dual citizenship, I guess, is a thing out there. But uh, that's what I'm asking. If you truly want to be sovereign, why are you taking anything from the federal or state government, guys?
2: L-
3: Mostafos, do they help you with scholarship money for your kids or grandkids? I just wondered.
1: They certainly did.
0: Now, and, how and, about that? Yeah, yeah. For, for years. It's uh, it's not that much, but still, they certainly helped with my TCU bill and my Texas University bill for my son. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I'm I'm lost as to exactly what uh, what benefits. Uh, like, for instance, with the compacts, I think that this is still, if we're talking about a sovereign nation, then they should be able to make the decision whether they want to come into a compact in Oklahoma or not. And I think that's probably and, what and the governor's missing. And that's what's
3: going missing. on state capital right now. Yeah, they're compacts. Yeah, one by Why? one by one, issue by issue by issue. Go ahead, Todd.
2: Well, I was going to say that. That's i um, you you hit it. they they do have the sovereignty to determine if they want to enter a compact or not but on that compact you know um, a loose synonym of contract it takes two parties and that's that's the challenge right now with the state of oklahoma they're making it very challenging very difficult uh as the other party to the compact renegotiate it and i think the listeners probably understand that part but uh, you got to have that other party willing to negotiate and willing to enter that compact and the state has not been willing up to this point point uh, except for some maybe some very polarizing terms and, and the sovereignty issue a lot of a lot of folks just don't realize this or understand this uh, because I think our well, they've they they missed this in American history class. Our sovereign nations in Oklahoma, our sovereign nations in the United States, they are addressed in the United States Constitution. They are Their sovereignty is established in the United States Constitution, not in a federal document, not in a federal statute, not in a state code or state statute. Our sovereign nations are prescribed and laid out in the United States Constitution. So this isn't just a sovereignty issue, you know, arbitrarily or quasi sovereignty. It is established in the U.S. Constitution. So that that's the gravity of the situation and the seriousness of which our forefathers uh, respected and and placed the sovereign nations.
0: Well, there you go, Todd. Todd I got there. Todd. The Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, yeah. yeah. Week on
2: Flashpoint, we have
3: we have Harold Hamm. We have Harold Ham. <laughs>
0: okay. Harold
3: him is one of thirteen children from lexington oklahoma and then he moved on to enid and then he created continental Resources. but he got a book out called game changer harold ham will be on flash this week talking about his new book game changer and what we got to do in this country to be energy independent from the rest of the world and what we've done in that regard yeah you know, he'll be talking about oil and gas oil and gas we are the state
2: of soil Oil and toil, okay. Uh. <laughs> Mike, Mike, that's good. You want to you want to start using that?
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah, I just made that up. The king of catchphrases. No, yeah, Harold Ham, You'll you'll oil. have to ask him why he's going for DeSantis instead of Trump this time. But hey, let's let's move on really quickly because I didn't mean no, to no, take no, no, all no. our hey Todd and yeah.
3: Nikki Haley. He's maxed out. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah,
1: Nikki Haley. I forgot about that. Yeah, because she has a chance. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So, but she is a woman, and that gets to our next point. Okay. Finally, I know both of you guys, like Mustafa, are feminists, so you've got to be excited that now we have an executive order that we have a women's bill of rights here in the state of Oklahoma. Mike, are you excited?
3: I don't know what it's all about. I don't know why they did it. I don't know why they thought they had to do it. I mean, let me just be more uh, personal. Uh, my my marriage goes like this. <clears throat> Susan and I have a perfect marriage. I don't try to run her life, and I don't try to run mine either. You, you, are you getting the drift? Uh, she is the CEO and the CFO of the Turpin household. She makes the Turpin's train the Turpentine train run right on time. I mean, I I have a daughter. I have a granddaughter. I look at the world through my daughter and granddaughter's eyes. I look at the world through their eyes. And I appreciate every woman that builds a bridge and knocks down a barrier for my little girl, Sarah, and my granddaughter, you know, Rea and Kira Turpin. Now, 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 what's the governor doing? I, I'm not sure what he's doing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I already celebrate women, and I don't need him to tell me how to do it. Let's just be candid about that. So, so once again, Governor, sit down and cut a deal with the tribes, and quit doing all this silly stuff about doing what? what what's, he, what's he doing? Beating up on transgender kids any way he can. So
1: governor, you're so you're governor. okay with a with a guy going into the bathroom with your granddaughter? Then,
3: yeah, um, you know what I'm okay with I'm okay with the governor of Utah. He's a Republican. His name is Spencer Cox. And he said, when it comes to the transgender issue, let's all slow down. Let's all try to figure out how these families really feel, how these kids really feel. Let's quit trying to scare everybody. We will stop the fear mongering. The question you just asked me is to stir up fear in your own radio listening area because it's not happening. It's not happening. It's a good question. And I think journalists like to stir up fear. Politicians certainly do. It's not happening. It's not happening in Clinton schools or Wedderburn schools. You go, oh, but it could. But it hasn't. It's not. So quit trying to be a fear Anybody that stirs up this issue, just look to Utah, the Republican governor, and said, let's stop. Let's listen. Let's follow the science. Let's talk about compassion and all try to understand each other instead of trying to create another issue that divides us
1: i mean okay, is, uh, me. three questions not answered by <laughs> turpin today todd uh, lamb what do you think about no, the women's bill of filibuster. rights <laughs>
3: you know, I Filibuster. <laughs> filibuster. So I, I was trying to keep no this is serious i was trying to keep todd off the hook on this one let's move on to trump
0: <laughs> did this cl- didn't understand the the issue to start with he hadn't really checked into it nor would i that is, that's, and I agree with him 100%. A lot of times we get out and sensationalize all these things, and then the, it makes good ratings, and that needs to be told. That's the only reason why you would see Todd uh, – what's your name, Todd? Not Todd Lamb. I'm looking at the Todd over here staring at me. I'm saying, why are you getting I'm just up?
1: playing devil's advocate. All I'm right just then. leading the conversation. It's supposed to be a debate. Todd, get in what there, are your play. thoughts?
2: Um well Mike, Mike covered a lot of ground there and and I, I did get the sense he was he was uh, trying to fill he was filibustering out of out of protection for his friend. Uh what was what was interesting I I'm gonna take I'm gonna take what kind of a different slice of this uh and it's a paraphrase of what Governor Stitt said after the ceremonial signing yesterday. He said it was the the first the first he's the first governor in the country to do this, well, th- that that got my attention because you know you have all these objective conservative ratings from different entities uh, nationally and locally, and you've mentioned one already, Governor DeSantis out of Florida, who is no shrinking violet, uh, who is no just fly on the wall. He's been very aggressive, very proactive. Um, uh, think about what he's. doing what Governor DeFance has done to take on Disney World, for example. I mean, what what Florida governor would ever dream of taking on Disney World, even if they didn't like Snow White and Jungle Book and The Lion King? Nobody does that. So, so my point is, um, that's interesting to me, with all the other ex- conservative governors that are in the press, that are leading and leaning and leaning forward, that governor Steve was the first one to do it. So then it kind of begs a question. Uh, does it, is it really solution oriented? Um, does it, does it, um, address something that needs to be addressed to, to a point that Mike made? And why would Oklahoma be the first one when there's so many other governors out there that have been really proactive and in the press and are running for president? So but that was kind of my takeaway after seeing the press conference yesterday.
1: All right. Well, we will end hey, it. Oh, yes, Mike.
2: I, I got I want to end the, my part of this
3: uh, right radio show with complimenting
1: Kevin Stead. Do you mind? Oh, my God. Let me turn on the recorder. I'm using an old reel-to-reel now from Harold's office. It's going. Thank you. An old
3: reel-to-reel. Mr. Davis, can, Mr. Davis, can I get a drum roll, please? Yes, sir. Here you go. Okay. Okay. I, I, I compliment him for jumping off. The ill-fated Trump train and being the first governor in the country, as we were talking about a while ago, to endorse DeSantis. I think that took a little bit of courage on his part. He's not running again for anything, I don't think. There's two U.S. seats that aren't open. What could he run for? Can't run for governor again, as Todd pointed out. So he endorsed DeSantis. He's the first governor and the only governor in the country to do that so far, I do believe. And so he's jumped off the Trump train. He thinks DeSantis is going to be the nominee, and DeSantis is the nominee. Obviously, Kevin Stitt has a chance to be secretary of, uh, pick one, secretary of energy, secretary of the interior, that sort of thing. But I I still thought it was bold on on Kevin Stitt's part to jump off the Trump train.
1: And you heard it here. Mike Turpin also endorsed Ron DeSantis for uh, president. So, awesome.
3: (laughs) Hey, I endorse him over Donald Trump. I sure (laughs) do. (laughs) Thank you for asking. (laughs) I mean, that is
2: is, uh, just a really... Sincere endorsement right there isn't it I um, mean that, that was I, I, yeah. I, I think Mike uh, Mike would would endorse my dog Gus over Donald Trump, so I don't know if that endorsement is too well received by Governor DeSantis
1: Well, I am now running for head of the Chickasaw Nation. <laughs> so, uh and I'm sure after today's show I will be a shoe in. So,
3: yeah, uh, we well, well, by I, the way.
1: <laughs>
2: okay,
3: and Bill. ahead, Bill, I'm coming
2: one, for governor, you. Governor, I would never Todd, let, let me give you some political advice. This is free. <laughs> uh I, uh I'd go ahead and run for president before I run against Governor Bill Anitubby.
1: <laughs> He's a pretty popular guy, and yes, he has done yeah. some some wonderful things. But I just love to ask those questions because uh, mm-hmm. so many people are afraid. But see, I'm never running for office. I I, I I admire you guys and I appreciate you guys have done that before. But I have no desire to do that. I would rather just criticize people that run for office and that are in office and play well, rock and did roll. You do?
2: If, if, that's, if that's if that's if that's you know what you, that's your mo modus operandi, you're never going to be on Flashpoint because <laughs> uh, you got your own program. You got your own program, but Mike, tell Todd, tell Todd how you get on Flashpoint. The only way to get on Flashpoint
3: is run for governor and lose. <laughs> August, Todd Lamb, Mike Turpin, you run for governor, lose in the state, and you launch you into show business, uh. entertainment.
1: I love it.
3: Television, a talking piece of furniture.
2: Thank you. (laughs) And I I told, when Mike Mike says that, Todd Mustafa, I tell him that's going to be funny to me.
1: One day. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. it's so hurts a little bit right That's now. Really guys, God bless both of you. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you guys this weekend on television. Well, 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 we we so we you.
2: lake Carpenter. Have a great day and
1: good morning to Lake Carpenter. <laughs> All right. Todd Lamb and Mike Turpin joining us on the Southwest Air and Heat Hotline. We really do appreciate those guys joining us each week or each month here on the radio. Tune
3: in every weekday at six AM for the right time with Harold Wright, brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3, Newstock KCLI.